Hello friends and welcome to your midweek Kings of Anglia podcast. I am Mark Heath, I'm your host most of the time and today is Thursday, September the 16th. That's notable friends for two reasons. One, Ipswich Town still haven't won a game this season. Hmm. And two, and more excitingly, it's the opening night for our friends at the New Wolsey Theatre. Never lost at home. If you haven't got your tickets yet, why not? Get on the New Wolsey website, get them now and go back and listen to the special podcast that me and Hutchie did with the director and the star of the show, because that is tremendous. You do not want to miss that. Speaking of tremendous, I'm going to introduce, first of all, I've got two, two friends with me today. And the first one stoically stood in for me on Monday as host, did a tremendous job. He is already the most popular king by some distance, and he's only added to that with his hosting of the show on Monday. Mike, the grand poor sign, the big porker, Bacon, how are you? Well, well, thank you very much, Mark. Yes, I'm very well. Thank you very much for uh, for asking. And uh, yes, I did stand in, as you say, um, and I have actually seen the viewing figures for that particular podcast, which were uh, double uh, the usual amount. So I don't think I have to say anything else. Um, thank you to all my fans out there who enjoyed it so much. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to you know, to doing it again sometime. Can you? Are you able to kind of revert back to just being a, a mere guest on today's show? Or are you going to kind of jump into host mode at some point and, and you know, start pointing at the face and saying, look at the numbers, boys? Uh, no, no, I'm very flexible. I can go back into being just a basic, basic guest mode. I mean, it doesn't doesn't worry me. I can, you know, I can Flip. be what I can be, really. Flip um, the switch. Yeah, I could be a super switch. But obviously, you know, I probably am the best guest as well. But I mean, that's <laughs> just, just the way it is, isn't it? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just be what Is I am. He's a triple threat, Hutchie, the man, Mike. He's a host, he's a, he's, a, he's a commentator, he's a guest, he's a writer. He's many things to many people, and we're very lucky to have him. We're also, of course, very lucky to have you, Hutchie, Andy Warren. You're off on Monday like myself. How are you, my friend? How are you bearing up? Obviously, you had to watch another shit show on Tuesday night. How's things? Uh, I, can, I can survive. I can survive having to watch that. Um, are you worried about the threat of Mike at all? You've got to be worried, haven't you? I mean, I think you. I think you need to be. The, the man, as I say, the man. Every time the man's on the podcast, is we get hashtag more bacon. Every time he's not on the podcast, we get yeah, it's a decent show, but Mike Bacon wasn't involved, so I'm not really interested. Um, so yeah, as I say, he's, he's clearly already the most popular king by some distance. Who knows where where he can take it from here? We'll probably be left behind in his in his jet fumes in his wake. Mm. Um, but while we've got him, let's burn bright with him. Um, and kind of hook onto his coattails as he, as he sends us through the atmosphere. Boys, before we get on to what is going to be inevitably a bit of negativity around Ipswich Town, unfortunately, and losing again, still not got that first win, losing to a bunch of kids from West Ham on Tuesday night, I thought we'd start the show in positive mode today because the sun's out. It's lovely. I've just taken my dog for a walk. It was very pleasant. So I thought I'd ask you all for positive from your lives before we uh, before we kick off the negativity at town. And I'm going to start, boys. Um I've been retweeted this week by Cricket Royalty, I'm told. Um, I put out what I thought was a fairly innocuous little video of two mascots having a dance-off, um, which subsequently got retweeted by someone called Bumble. Um, I, I don't know who that is, but I'm told he's a big deal. He's certainly got about half a million followers. And then subsequently retweeted by Graham Swan, who I know, again, former England cricketer. Uh, and now my phone will not stop going off with people retweeting and, and liking that original tweet I did, which is very silly. Um, I've got no idea who Bumble is. Can you enlighten me, either of you? Um, Bumble, obviously- Bumble, yeah. David Lloyd, uh, yeah. For, former former player, coach, and uh, probably most people would know him now as commentator extraordinaire. He's uh, 
he's a unique character, isn't he, Mike? In terms of in mm. terms of commentary, you can be you can be that kind of guy in cricket. He just whimsically chats his way through hours of, of cricket on the TV. It's not um, old. Uh, who's the guy? My dear old thing. That's not him, is it? No, that's Blowers. <laughs> I like I like Blowers. Um, blowers, I is I... Not, blowers is not Bumble. Bumble is Bumble. Bumble is very well known among the cricket fraternity for his uh, wit and humour. And as, as Andy said, he's uh, he does a lot of commentary now. Uh, he writes a lot of books as well, writes a lot of books, does a lot of author stuff. So he's he's well known out there. Um, so it's a very couple of good people to have retweet you, um, my friend. Well, I'm 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 buoyed by it. I mean, obviously, I've, I've no idea who they are, uh, apart from Graham Swan. And cricket is a, is a ridiculous game. Uh, for people who can't play other sports. But um, anyway, I'll, I'll move on before I get too controversial. Uh, Mike. Yes. Your reason to be positive is very exciting indeed. And it is it's which town related. The floor is yours, my famous friend. Well, it is a very exciting, it is a very exciting period um, for, for me here personally, and also for hopefully for Ipswich town fans, because we don't have a huge amount to be overly excited about, but the pandemic, of course, put pay, unfortunately, to Kings of Anglia magazine, the magazine that was doing so well and we all loved so much. But suddenly everything went, you know what, and uh, no football, no nothing. But the good news is issue 15 of Kings of Anglia. Wow. Is here. Yes, it's here. It's here. Look at that. So you, obviously, if you're watching on video, you can see it, Mike. But for those just listening audio-wise, <laughs> can you uh, can you explain what that beautiful front cover is and what's in the magazine and where, where people can get it? Yes, Kings of Anglia magazine is that. It's Joe Piggott is on the front of this uh, this magazine um, this time out, issue 15. Um, I did a big interview with Joe uh, a couple of weeks ago um, when he was in the team, and uh, he was happy then. <laughs> and um, <laughs> uh, no, um, no, no, he was fine. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's it's a great interview with Joe. And talking of cricket, which what, seamless, absolutely seamless. This podcast, I can't get over it. He is a great. He was a very, and he's a very good cricketer. He actually played for Kent seconds and actually had to make the choice between cricket and football. Um, but I think financially he made the right decision. Um, anyway, there's a lot about Joe in there and and his life in general. And, of course, him looking forward to playing regularly at, uh, in the number nine position for Ipswich Town, which hopefully, well, less so at the moment, the better. Um, also in there is... Um, is uh, Macaulay Bond, great Macaulay Bond feature, um, a great feature with uh, Lee Evans as well. And uh, Chaplo Day, we all remember Richard Chaplo Day as a little piece on there, which my friend Mr. Hutch has put together. Excellent work. And if I can name, can I continue to name drop? While I have Absolutely. Course, Please course, do, yeah. We have, uh, we have uh, articles from Carl Fuller. We have North Stander. We have a Diary of a Tractor Girl. We have Mr. Steve Mellon from the Southwest Branch, who I know is a regular viewer of KOA Pod. Um and um, I'm going to be, it'll be tweeting out there where you can get hold of it uh, online. You can order it from our bookstore. Um, but of course, in all good news agents up and down the, I would say country, but I mean county. County. Well, uh, as well as hopefully Planet Blue in the not too distant future. And that some sounds... rubbish news agents as well. Not not just good news agents, some rubbish ones as well. Yes, some rubbish ones as well it will be in as well. Yes, absolutely. It will, Mr. Touch. So that's a, that's a big plug. Can I show it again? Of course. I just have. For people viewing, there you go. Look at it. It's a thing of beauty. Uh, uh, Mike, Mike, for that tremendous package, I'd be expecting probably to pay about 25 quid. How much is Kings of Anglia? Exactly. You're correct. It is 25 quid. <laughs> I mean, and quite honestly, I mean, okay, that sounds a lot of money, my friend, but I mean, it is worth every penny. Um, uh, no, I tell a lie. It's 3 99 
There you go. Cannot say fairer than that, town fans. Um, something very positive about the club. The Kings of Anglia magazine is back and we're all very, very excited. Um, Hutchie, we've gone from being retweeted by cricket legends to the return of a legendary Kings of Anglia, Ipswich Town magazine. What's your positive to contribute to this positive fest before we delve into the negativity that was Tuesday night? I've got loads. Yeah? Yeah. Can I give you, can I give you three? Give me Trey, yeah. First up, I found my signed pictures of Neil Buchanan and Dave Benson Phillips. Oh, wow. That is good because we thought they were Brilliant. lost forever. They're not lost forever. They're up on my board now. Um, if we're showing things, there's, wow. there's Neil Buchanan. Uh, Dave Benson Phillips is somewhere else. Uh, the weather's turning. The sun's going away. I like that. I don't like <laughs> the sun. I'm ready, for, I'm ready for autumn and winter. That's great news. And uh, my third positive is my daughter has made friends with the daughter of a multiple Olympic gold medalist. So I can only assume you mean Karen Pickering. Uh, no, we've got another multiple Olympic gold medalist. Uh, in it, not, which, we? not, not local. Steve Redgrave. No. Um, uh, what, uh, um, Adam Peaty. No. Cyclist. Laura Trott. No, no, um, no. <laughs> oh, this is a good game. This is a good game. Keep uh, going. Multiple. Who's got the most? Um, not surely not the torpedo. No. Um, right. Ameri- sport. Swimming. Swimming. Right. Multiple. 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 Um, swimming gold medals. Not Adam Peaty. No. Um, uh, what's the name? Um, uh, Becky Adlington. Yes. Yes. Wow. Wow. That is big news. How yeah. pray tell has that happened? Bumped into her in a park in Manchester. They played on the trampoline and seesaw and that. And now we're probably going to be best mates forever. Nice. Brilliant. So, there we are. Did um did you reveal that you knew who she was or did you just play it cool, Trig? No, barely spoke to her. All about ah. all about playing with the kids. <laughs> I've got Super. Seri- serious swing pushing. She was just there sat with her dog. I what dog she got? Most importantly, what dog has Becky Adlington got? Small. Don't know. <laughs> I need more I mean, details. That that <laughs> you're not getting any more. I don't know. It's a small dog. That is that is very very exciting, friends. Um, Neil Buchanan, are. Neil Buchanan, of course, actually a very interesting character. Um, yep, a member of a death metal band, as I understand, uh, and also long rumoured to be Banksy. Although I um I suspect that's not that's not the case. Anyway, boys, that's a tremendous start to the show. And there's Dave Benson Phillips. Look at that. As far as I know, he's not in a death metal band, but I, I stand. I could be incorrect on that, friends. That's a positive start to the show. Let's now dive headfirst into the negativity which continues to surround Ipswich Town. We are going to try and be positive, but unfortunately, when they haven't won yet this season and they've just lost to a team of kids from West Ham on Tuesday night with, it has to be said, a a team that should have been good enough to win that game, it's hard to be positive. Hutchie, you were there on Tuesday night. Ipswich Town, as they have done for most of the season, took the lead, then lost the lead within a matter of minutes and ended up losing. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, I think any Ipswich senior, and and you would call, we'll talk about the team selection, I'm sure, in a minute, but um, you would class this as a senior Ipswich Town side and any senior Ipswich Town team should be beating um, an academy team from the Premier League, I would say. Um, They didn't do it a year ago in uh, the same competition against Arsenal. They lost to them as well with a kind of similar makeup of team, obviously very different personnel, um, and they did it again. Did it again in this one, and like you say, they managed to do it from um, from a winning position again as well. So it was different players, um, 
same system, same same issues really. And uh, it, in isolation, it's not a competition that that some of us don't care about as much, maybe more than others. Um, but as part of the bigger picture, it's another another blow and another another game where the same issues re- reared their head and just added to the added to the miserable start to the season. Really, before kickoff. Uh, on Tuesday night and after the 5-2 humbling against Bolton on Saturday, Mr Cook promised us that with Sam Morsey in the team, that would never happen. He'd be there times 10, um, essentially anointing him as the saviour of the season. Uh, Now, we got to see him for the first time against West Ham um, and they lost to a team of kids. What did you make of Mr Morsey? Because there was certainly a lot of build-up and a lot of pressure on his shoulders, clearly he can't play yet in the league for another couple of games. But what were your your first impressions of Sam? Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not sure those comments were particularly helpful. Um, obviously, they came after a five two home home defeat when when Paul was Paul was hurting um, clearly. Um, so he, so he should have been. It was, it was visibly hurt. You wouldn't expect anything else from a, a competitor like like him. But not hugely helpful comments. I wouldn't say. We know Sam Morsey's a good a good player, but. Um, that's an awful lot of pressure on the on the shoulders of one man. He looked no, he looked fine in this game. He's he looks like he's an up an upgrade in certain areas on on what's been there in midfield at the moment. He he played in the position we know he's going to play. He, he he uses the ball quite quickly. He's quite happy to kind of stab the ball around with his foot. He's not kind of one to put his foot on the ball and ponder. He likes to take it off the goalkeeper and move it quickly to to somebody else. He created good angles with with Tom Carroll to to try and get him into the game as well and, and move the ball around the pitch. Um, I wouldn't say he absolutely dominated the game, but he was more than comfortable in it, I would say. And um, I think he's going to be, clearly he's going to be a, a plus for this team when he, when he can get in it. But no, you're mm-hmm. right. They, they didn't, they didn't win. And I don't think they multiplied their level of performance by 10 either. But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, that's some quite, quite big words to live up to. You described him as solid but not spectacular. I think in your in your match ratings. So um, we'll yeah. see when he gets back in the team. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not sure if he ever needs to be spectacular, though. I'm thinking of, thinking about it. Like, he he is supposed to be the epitome of solid. Um, yeah. Not sure they necessarily need the spectacular from from that position. Um, in theory, yeah. they've got they've got spectacular elsewhere on the pitch, haven't they? Yeah. The likes of Edwards and Selina and, and play. anyway, um, we'll come back to the game itself in, in short order and a few more observations about some of the players who played and maybe did themselves no favours. Um, but Mike Baker, I'm going to wind you up and let you go now because you, one of the things you're fast making a name for is speaking from the heart and as you see it. Uh, and friends, you have a very definite opinion on Ipswich Town's approach to the cup competitions in recent times. We all know. The tradition, the, the sky is blue, water is wet, and it's which town go out of the cups at the earliest possible stage because we don't want that messing up the rest of the season. You, my friend, think that's a nonsense. On you go. Well, it is a nonsense, isn't it? I don't need, I don't need to think it. It is. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not alone in thinking this. It is a nonsense. This, this obsession with knocking yourselves out of the cup so we can quote concentrate on the league is um, what well, is absolutely ridiculous. What, but. When, oh, I'm, I'm spluttering already because I'm so annoyed. The thought of it, the thought of it. When have we last time we ever concentrate on the league after being knocked out of the cup? We have been promoted not once in 20 years. We've been relegated twice. We've been knocked out of every cup competition within by the end of September. 
I mean, we're not out of the EFL trophy yet, of course. I mean, we could still come back on this and these words might come back to haunt me when we're at Wembley in May. But at the moment, we're out of the Carabao Cup. I mean, of course, I come from an era of of 60-odd games, League Cups, quarterfinals, FA Cup semifinals, UEFA Cup finals, all in the same season. And all these excuses that players can't play more than a couple of games and these things get in the way. And uh, it's just... And momentum, of course, momentum is key. You know mm. yourself, Ethy, as a fellow sportsman. Once you get going, and it's a momentous thing. I mean, if I play golf, if I hit a good drive on one hole, I'm sure I'm going to hit a good drive on the next one. And that's the way it goes. I don't turn around and walk off after I've hit one drive and give up and think I've done enough. So this Ipswich Town team and the whole mantra needs to concentrate on winning football matches. A football match is a football match. It doesn't matter what it is. It's getting quite serious now, okay? This is I'm, I'm being very cross now. I like football it. match is a football match, okay? And you win one, it builds momentum. I have been lucky enough to watch Ipswich Town have lots of great cup runs and good league performances. It's got to stop. Mm. Your your erstwhile colleague and, and best friend, um, Stuart Watson, Hutchie, described it as a, a lost, a wasted opportunity to build team chemistry on Tuesday because although yes it was a strong team there were 10 changes from the side that were so miserable uh against Bolton on Saturday um what, what was your view on the side I mean clearly town have got such a strong squad now that they have to play these players have to play in, in some competitions so there is an argument obviously for players who aren't necessarily playing the league to play in these but equally you have to balance that surely against trying to get some sort of chemistry and balance in the side uh, and consistency going forward at a time when they haven't even won a game yet. Yeah, I think you need to look look at the bigger bigger picture potentially for this one. I I think there are some players that that I wouldn't have played in this game. Wes Burns, for example, is nursing an Achilles problem. George Edmondson, possibly. I think after the game, Paul Paul Cook spoke about Edmondson. He's he's has had a troubled summer, hasn't he? We've only just seen him. Would three games in a week be useful for him? Probably not. So maybe you dip those out. But if you look through the team that actually did start, I'd probably argue that. Really, the only player in there that you might argue would be kind of pushing for a place to start on Saturday would be Tom Carroll. Um, Vincent Young, probably maybe before the game, you might have hoped he'd come through it and then be good, you know, good to go mm. the weekend. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced he will play this weekend, but if you look through it, the only one of those players in there that you're looking at thinking this is a chance for him to put up, put a hand up and be in this team. For Saturday would be top would be Tom Carroll. I, if it was me, I'd have probably taken the the chance to give. Um, assuming you don't play Edmondson, you'd give Christian Walton and Cameron Burgess, for example, another game together as as goalkeeper and centre half. Maybe even with Coulson in there as well. I could accept maybe Coulson maybe d- needed to dip out actually, given given his COVID issues. Um, Sam Morsi had to play, of course, but that him being available did mean that you probably couldn't go with a midfield that's going to play against Lincoln at the weekend because we know Morsi can't play. And then a front three of Norwood, Barry and Jackson with the best will in the world. I don't think any of them were were really realistic starters for the Lincoln game. So I would have been um I'd have been I'd have been playing a few more, I think. Um some under, understandable ones, but a few more I'd I'd have had involved because right right now the, the big the big picture isn't about ensuring that that Louis Barry's happy and has got mm. minutes in it's just to pick Louis out as an example. It's it, like you say, it's about finding a way of winning football matches. And for me, 
I would probably argue that the best way to find a way of winning this game on Saturday against Lincoln would be to use players on Tuesday and and, and work out how to mm. how to how to do that. Paul Cook thought differently. The team was picked before the weekend. Maybe it was maybe it was hard to go back on on that. Um, having already picked it and, and maybe handed out some promises, Paul Cook thought thought differently about it. And I think, mate, hopefully we all feel differently about it after the Lincoln game at the weekend when, when hopefully they go in and get a win. But um, for me, there's there's a few players that I would have had in that game, absolutely, um, mm. to, just to try just to try and, and, and find something and help this gelling process rather than you know, give it a few days off. Mm. Mike, um, mm. town were, were dreadful. I mean, to be fair, on Saturday night, uh, Saturday rather, the first half was decent. It was entertaining. It was end-to-end. They were in it. They probably should have been 3-2 up, ended up in, going in 3-2 down at the break. And second half, they just completely fell apart. It was it was abysmal. So with that in mind, would, would you have looked to play the same sort of team again Tuesday night? What would you have done? Well, I mean, d- didn't Paul Cook say afterwards that, that players had got, had given him an opportunity there to show what they want, that they could do it for Saturday or get in the team on mm. Saturday and they'd all blown it sort of thing or implied that... Um, Tuesday night was an opportunity. Well, you seriously telling me if James Nord had scored four goals against West Ham under 21s, he'd have started at number uh, front for Ipswich on Saturday against Lincoln. He wouldn't have done. The team was picked just to get through the game against West Ham. And, you know, we're going back to this, can players play more than two games a week or three games a week? I know I've listened to Mick Mills on, on Radio Suffer. He, he just shakes his head and he can't get over, you know, if you can't play a couple of games within four days, what, what are you, you know, what what's your fitness levels for goodness sake I mean really this isn't you know I just think I would have played I certainly would have played centre halves I would certainly try to play centre halves I would play the goalie again yeah there's mm-hmm. a, Edmondson just play Edmondson for 45 minutes he doesn't have to play 90 it was this obsession that you've got to if you start you've got to play the 90 you could just have a comfortable 45 with you with your with your partner who's going to be with you again at Lincoln um you know so yeah, I, I you know, Burg- you go Burgess and Edmondson side by side for 45 minutes. What harm would that have done? It doesn't matter, does it? You know, you, you're trying to you, you look like you're planning, whereas just changing everything looks like you couldn't care less. Mm. And it's no good saying they do care less because they, you know, if you, if you want to win the game, you would put out a strong side in that. Um, so it's, and as, as I said, Paul Cook's comments afterwards that people were there to show him that they were in the in the frame for Saturday can't be right because I'd, I'd like to say, I just dispute the fact. If, as I said, Nor was a classic example. If he'd scored four, would he be? Would he start Saturday? No. Hmm. Well, of the players who did play, Hutchie, um, did anyone do themselves any favours? Who definitely didn't do themselves any favours? I mean, we have to look at Thomas Holy, don't we? Um, in that <laughs> yeah. regard, um, poor old Thomas. Um, yeah. And should we, get, mentioned... should we get that chat out of the way? Let's now? do that. Poor Let's old, do that. Yeah. Poor old Thomas. Um, maybe it may be a surprise that he played this game at all. I, th- I think I was probably expecting Kladke to 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 play it given that they've both firmly dipped behind Christian Walton but mm. this was a big chance for Thomas Holy um fighting for that second spot now he was on the bench against Bolton but he um didn't cover himself in glory his kicking was a bit of an issue all night watching the first bat, the first West Ham goal back he was so slow to get down to that I'd, I'd not by the time we dished out I gave him a 3 in my player ratings um which I regularly have been accused of being an anti an, an anti holy in uh, in those ratings for the last for the last year or so. Um but I gave that before I'd seen that first goal back, very slow to get down to it. And then those ten mad, mad sort of few minutes at the end where it's an easy ball to catch and he's managed to throw it 
somehow he's probably probably four yards, three, four yards from his own goal line when he should have caught it. And he's managed to throw it then two yards over his own line. Somehow mm. he's managed to re- retreat five yards with the ball and clearly, clearly over the line. Officials didn't see it. And then he, he's come out and absolutely wiped out the young West Ham guy for, for the penalty as well. And um, it's hard to see. It's hard to see where where a way back for him is is now. Uh, I, mm. I think he, I think he'll be the third the third choice man um, for the rest of the season now. Mm. How about other people who maybe didn't cover themselves in glory? You mentioned Louis Barry earlier. Um, I think yeah. he would have hoped to do better, wouldn't he? Yeah, not much football for him either, is there? But he he was playing wide on the left and didn't didn't really have much of a look in it. When he did get the ball, he maybe tried to overplay um, a bit because because he wasn't getting the ball that often. Um, and when he did, he wanted to impress with it. I'm not sure about him in a wide position from what I've seen so far. Um, this is no slight on Idris Idris Elmazuni, who I thought actually, when he did get the ball, looked okay with it. He's had a good preseason. He played well in the Newport game, but Ipswich just cannot get this number ten into the mm. game. He's he uh, lose account of who's everyone that's been in there. We've seen Idris have a go at it now. Barry's had a go at it. Joe Piggott's had a go at it. Scott Fraser's had a go at it. Connor Chaplin's had a go at it, and not one of them have they managed to get into the into these games. They're just not impacting the game from um, from that position, and that's that's one of a few kind of big flaws in this in this team at the moment. And it's it's a struggle really to see how they um, how they sort that one out. Hmm. And in terms of players, you maybe did all right. You mentioned Tom Carroll earlier, and the likes of of James Norwood and and Caden Jackson, who obviously we've not seen a lot of. They, fair to say, they they were okay. They were okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I'm a, I, I'm not sure they'd have gone into that game with planning on playing James Norwood for ninety minutes, but hmm. they did. First half, he looked really good. Um, maybe burned out a little bit from that point on, which you might have might have expected. Just glad he got through the game without pinging um pinging that hamstring again. Um, I'd like to think that he's going to be seriously in in the mix for involvement in the league squad at at, at some point backing up Macaulay Bond probably mm. Jackson did did okay out out wide certainly made a better job of of playing out wide than we've seen previously where un, under Paul Lambert it was a a bit of a disaster he 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 looked like he was bursting to try and get beyond that left back and be played in but they they never got a ball in a position to to play the pass for him um Thought Luke, Luke Wolfenden um, looked okay um, at the back as well. He'll he'll have felt hard done by t- um, to have missed out at the weekend, but I, I, I think he did okay as well. And as did Albi Armin uh, next to next to him on his debut. I've liked the look of him when, mm. when he's been playing in the under twenty threes as well. So yeah, there were some okay performances in there, but nothing um, nothing really to write home about. I wouldn't say. No one's gone and grabbed that chance with with both. You have to grab it with both no. hands, don't you? you? Never grab it with one hand. You grab it with both hands. You, you're two, hands. Yeah. two hands. Two hands. No, no one's done that. Um, no, other than I, look, I, I'm not convinced he's absolutely gone in and grabbed the chance with two hands or or a chest or like or any anything that you can kind of help <laughs> help cradle anything with. But I will we'll get on to the Lincoln game, I'm sure later. But of those players, I think the most likely maybe to come in as a starter would be Tom Carroll. Um, but probably not purely as a result of his performance in this game. He was one of the better players, I thought, but um, he might kind of get that that nod by by default, potentially. Mm. Okay, well, let's draw a line under that. 
uh, boys, uh, and talk look at the bigger picture um, because I put a tweet out yesterday morning on the KOA account just saying, look, what, if anything, needs to change? If which town haven't won a, a game in eight tries this season, clearly something isn't clicking somewhere. Um, and what I didn't want was the the kind of standard, well, sack the manager is useless because I think that's just lazy. Um, and especially in this situation when he's just signed 400 new players, to be talking about getting rid of the manager um, is is a nonsense. Uh, I mean, what happens if a new manager comes in and goes, oh, I don't like these players? Um, then you're in, you're in a whole world of, of hurt, aren't you? So sack the manager for me is, is not even in the question at the moment. Um, obviously, fans entitled to their opinions. Everyone's got an opinion. But for me, that's not the way to go. Um, so, Mike, in, in terms of other sensible kind of thoughts we had, a lot of them were centred around formation um, and this 4-2-3-1, which Cook is, is wedded to. He said that's what he wants to play. Uh, but we've seen consistently so far this season that it's just not working. There, are, There's so much space all over the pitch for other teams to exploit, um, particularly behind the fullbacks, KBY especially, and midfield, obviously, there are gaps all over the shop. Um, and I heard you say on, on the podcast on Monday that you're not a big fan of 4-2-3-1. So is it time to try something new? Should we be looking maybe at, at playing a 4-3-3 or, or something different just to kind of shake things up a bit? Well, I think, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, we've got enough players and enough quality in that squad to be able to change things. Mm. Um, I'm a, the, the trouble with football management and coaching in particular, as he's speaking as somebody who did a little bit of coaching as a youth team coach many years ago, Suffolk coach of the year 2008. Um, <laughs> hardly, it's hardly, I appreciate it's hardly Premier League style, um, but coaches have a very much an opinion that they know best and fans and idiots like ourselves sitting here, we don't know anything. Mm. We haven't got a clue. We just, we just don't know football and they know what to do. But... I'm afraid I'm I'm quite more intrigued by coaches and managers who particularly have the foresight to chop and change things. Um, I was watching um, uh, Borussia Dortmund yesterday and uh, Marcus Royce, I believe, is it Royce, I believe, is the manager there now. Um, and you'll know, I think. Is, um, they were saying, hey, who's changing formations literally every half an hour, which perhaps seems a bit bizarre in the game. But he was he was basically adapting to, he wasn't just changing formation because they were 3-0 down, the score was 0-0. So he was adapting things. I'd like to see a change from 4-2-3-1. I mean, 4-1-4-1 is something I think you can flood the midfield with and still have plenty of attacking options. And you have one person sitting very, very deep all the time, not sort of slightly deep and going forward, but very deep all the time. Almost a Cole Skews type position, if you like. Mm. Someone will sit quite regularly. Not, don't worry about him scoring goals at all. Um, but anything, 4-3-3, yeah, maybe. Um, just try something. I mean, this, this thing, I hear this sometimes where people say, well, Paul Cook, 4-2, that's, that's his formation. Well, that's it. Is it's that's 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 it. Nothing mm-hmm. can change. I mean, it's you have to, you know, going back. Sir Alf Ramsey won the World Cup by changing complete formation. You know, back in 19, 1966. I mean, so I wasn't there, by the way, before you asked. But you know, <laughs> um, you know, people change. You know, Barcelona bought in the 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 the, the, the Pep, Pep is brilliant. I mean, Pep brings. Pep brings in false number nines. He just changes things all the time. You don't see Pep Guardiola just saying, "I'm going to play one formation that I'm never going to change," and I think Ipswich Town have got enough good players in that squad to be able to do things with them. I don't see why you could just pitch up, be pigeonholed into this little formation. Mm. Um, because what you're going to say, it's going to be four, it's going to be the two are going to obviously be Morsey and Evans or Morsey and Harper and, and or Harper and, and that's going to be it, is it? That's, that's just it. That's the fact, that's basically that those, it's never going to change. You know, if they're not playing particularly well, it's got to change. And yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see it. Just try something, surely, if it's worth trying something different. 
Mm. Obviously, the counter argument to that, Andy, is we we bemoaned and lamented for a long time in the Lambert reign that he kept changing things all the time, and there was no kind of set formation or plan. Where, where do you stand on that? Because I, I would say of the of the replies we had uh, and the things I've seen on Twitter, uh, the formation and particularly the issue with the fullbacks is something that that keeps coming up. It, what do you think about that? I don't think the formation is the problem. The formation is the formation is kind of a, a, a very very arbitrary kind of how many defenders you have, how many midfielders mm. you have, and and that I think I think that, that there can be tweaks within that. I actually it's a formation I really like. I like watching it. Some really good play, good teams use it. Um, mm. But you don't have to tell the fullbacks to get forward as high as they do um, to leave those gaps. You don't have to tell a kind of not entirely fit Kane Vincent Young that he needs to spend his game um, up and down, up and down, up and down to the extent that like you'd have seen on Saturday, Mark, that after mm. f- 15 minutes, he was struggling to struggling to get back in, wasn't he? After going on a run to the edge of the box, he was struggling to get back. You don't have to, you can play 4-2-3-1 without going absolutely mad at fullback. Um, and, and maybe that's where a tweak needs to come that just need to be a bit more, a bit more compact with it. Um, Four two three one can be compact, and and in many ways Cook wants it to be the two. In his in his game, he, they talk about forming this defensive, and I and I hate the way that these kind of expressions have crept into the game. But the 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 holding two are supposed to form this defensive box with the centre backs, yeah. Um, which in theory then allows those fullbacks to get forward, um, and and be a bit more carefree. But I think it comes back to the blend in midfield. It's not been right, which means it's not formed that box, which means they've not been able to cover the fullbacks, which means the whole thing looks looks all over the place at times. That the hope has got to be that Morsi coming into that midfield will will potentially solve that. If you if you tell the fullbacks maybe don't don't get fought quite so much, clearly they're attacking players. That's what mm. they're there for. Um then if you add Morsi into that as well, it becomes a bit more solid and solid and compact. Um, I read Stu's piece this morning that he's done kind of co- looking at teams that have, have come back from, from really bad starts to, to get things right. And two, two of them, there's some great parallels with Ipswich with two of them, both, both Bolton and, and Blackpool, one in league two and one in league one last season, their managers started off with very firm philosophies and, and just reined it in a little bit because they, they were gung, a bit more gung ho, more attacking, a bit more expansive, mm. both, both Ian Everett and um, I've completely forgotten the Blackpool manager's name. Uh, anyway, we carry on. The, the guy that was at Liverpool um, reined it in a bit, got more solid. Uh, and from there, they, they they gave themselves a foundation to play. The number 10 is a huge issue for Ipswich. They're almost irrelevant at times in games. I'm not convinced Connor Chaplin's made for that role in this team at all. Mm. Um I may well be proved wrong on that, and apologies to Connor if I am, but I'm not. I'm not sure that's his role. Scott Fraser's not fit. He's the most, the most natural one in there. If they could get him in there, um, a bit more often, maybe this could start to link a little bit more. Um, but I think that these issues start to solve themselves if they work together. If you get the midfield right, the fullbacks can be right. If you get the midfield right, the number ten can get involved more. I'm, I'm ranting mm. now, but I guess this this kind of <laughs> boils down to just calming it down a little bit be a bit mm. more a bit less gung-ho a bit more solid Morsi clearly there's a lot on his shoulders now but I think he can help solve issues all over the pitch um it's worrying that he's 
needed to do that and they're not able to do that with any other player in in the squad potentially mm. um but and I, I think I, I don't think it's just the formation i could have answered that in one sentence but um but there you go i like i like it verbose Hutchie, I like it. It was Neil Crutchley, Critchley, by the way. That's, uh, that's the Blackpool. one. I've just looked. Uh, and if you haven't read Stewie's bit, it's a Watson special, an in-depth peek into the numbers um, where town after six games suggests they're going to finish and also sides who have kind of bucked that trend. Blackpool is certainly one we can hang on to because they, they started badly last season and end up going up. So fingers crossed. Um, Mike. Yes. Paul Cook himself, after the game, described town as a soft touch. This is a team that he's put together. He's saying they're a soft touch. They've just got to be harder to beat, haven't they? I don't want to go back into the Mick McCarthy, ever, every point's a prisoner, pragmatic, dull, physical football. But as it stands, they're just, they're just so easy easy to play against and easy to beat. I think it's it's the the amount of new players that have come into the squad, mm. into the, you know, um, football's a funny, football's a funny profession you know um in so much as it's very it's very sort of alpha male you know everyone's trying to find their little piece within the within the group you know it, it doesn't take long to for players to come to the fore or well perhaps it does take long for players to come to the fore for players to come out of themselves to be what you know to be aggressive on the pitch or to, to be a leader do they you know um there's a lot of new players there and who's taking charge who's going to be that leader who's got the confidence to want to shout and, and tell his mates, you know, swear at him on the pitch or what, what they should or shouldn't be doing. And I think, yes, they are a bit of a soft touch because I think they're all, I don't think anyone's taking charge of anything. I, I don't, everyone seems to be a little bit fearful of actually taking control. Mm. Um, and of course, the longer you go on without winning, the more nervous everything gets. I mean, that's a, that's a classic. I mean, you could sense it when at Wimbledon, when the corner was given in the last minute, you could just sense the crowd was quite rightly, oh my God, yeah, here we go. And the, probably the players in the box are thinking, oh God, here we go. And it becomes, it's, it's, it's mental thing. It's, it's, it's up to players. It's up to players to be strong. You can't, Cook can only coach that for so long. I mean, what can he say? You know, he's, I'm sure he likes to think he's signed players who are mentally very strong and will deal with situations. Mm. Um, and I'm sure he probably has done, actually. But they're not proving it right now. And they're not proving it because they're not winning. And, and it's all just... Perhaps they're all playing for their... I mean, look how they're all playing for their positions. I mean, who, which of those players honestly can guarantee they're going to start every week? Well, apart from Morsey at the moment, it seems to me. He's going to start every week and play every position for the sound of what Cook said. But <laughs> there will be, be lots of players in that team who will be fretting about... Because looking over their shoulders, that there's a, there's a lot of good players in that squad. That can be an advantage, don't get me wrong, but can also be a disadvantage, especially when you're not winning because you don't want to make, make mistakes, mm. even though we're making them. You don't want to take risks. You don't want to be that man shouting and screaming. So, um, yeah, we are a bit soft and I think we're a bit soft because it's a new squad and we don't like Chambers. How long is Chambers at Ipswich? How long is Mick Mills at Ipswich? How long is Matt Holland at Ipswich? You know, you're talking about players who go a long time. They're comfortable, in their, they, they're comfortable with the club, comfortable in their own shell. They'll say their pieces. I don't think anyone's over comfortable yet because, not because they don't like it, but because they haven't found their I know it sounds ridiculous, but it is that is that is how football can be. It's a bit like going into a new office for the first time. You know, are you going to start taking over as soon as you get in? I would, obviously. But I mean, a lot of people wouldn't, you know. And um, no, but I mean, I think he just needs more oomph and grunt out there and more confidence. Perhaps a win or one win will change that. I don't know. 
Yeah, it one of the things that baffles me, and I was, I was me and she were walking back to the car on on Saturday. Ipswich Town's problem for years has been this kind of fragility um, and their ability to completely collapse when things start going wrong. And you thought, okay, they've 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 cleaned out all that. Um, all the players from last year, the likes of the alpha males, and I hate the term alpha male. There's a general rule in life, by the way, friends, if anyone calls themselves an alpha male, they are a helmet. Anyway, um, but, the, but the alpha male... I, I, I I, I'm not an alpha male, by the way. <laughs> Nor is Hutchie, are you, Hutchie? Absolutely big, not. The no. big voices, the big leaders in that dressing room, Luke Chambers, Cole Skews, whatever, they're all gone. And you think, well, okay, we've got a new brooms in, um, new attitude. They haven't, they're not plagued by the same weights and issues and kind of history of, of, of falling apart that the town have had. And yet it's happening again, Andy. I, 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 it's getting to the point now you think, is there something to this curse? Because <laughs> everything has changed. Everything has changed. Marcus Evans has gone. We've got Mark Ashton in, who's done a tremendous job. Mike O'Leary, new owners, 19 new players. All of the old players, with the exception of a couple of them, have gone. And yet... That same issue still seems to be Ipswich Town's weakness, almost. Yeah, yes, you do start looking at the curse side of things, don't you? It feels it feels that way. You have to you have to have a wry smile to yourself sometimes about it. Um, I, I don't know. If it, I'd hope it's too early to kind of chuck the the capitulation, kind of crumbling label on on this group. Um, mm. But they, but what they haven't done is kind of. If the wall crumbles, it, they, they've kind of yet to they've yet to build the wall, which um, <laughs> which is it, obviously the, the previous the previous regime had had built their wall and then it it, it kind of showed that it was it was soft. Mm. Maybe this one the cement hasn't dried. Um, Excellent. We, yeah, I don't know where else to, that that's felt like really good profound stuff when it was coming out of my mouth but I've got no further to go with it but no maybe that, that but that is kind of, it's kind of the case though isn't it that the cement hasn't dried whether they needed to build the wall in the put in the first place is up is the thing that's up for yeah up for debate um whether the right bricks were, were bought still going um mm. you can debate that but I, I think it's maybe maybe getting ahead of ourselves a little bit to kind of chuck the always crumble accusations at, at this group but it has they have to finish the wall at some point it's not keeping anything out so um this linking game is really big at the weekend um, yeah for so many reasons um and i'm i'm fascinated to be able to watch it once again that's a nice segue i was hoping you're going to finish there with some kind of donald trump reference and building walls but um but I'm, no. I'm, I'm having yeah. a wall built are you yeah my front and my front of my house yeah i've got um i had a, a guy around last week and um i was very impressed with the price actually so i'm not so sure but i don't <laughs> But I'm having a war built. Excellent. That's an interesting aside. Um, one final point before we move on to Lincoln, Hutchie, I want to get your view on this. The other thing that came up was coaching in terms of what is a problem at town. Um, obviously, there's been a huge turnover in every everything, every department, including coaching at town. Uh, and Paul Cook doesn't have a number two. His longtime number two, Liam Richardson, is ripping things up at Wigan as it stands. Is that a valid concern, do you think? Does, does Cook need an experienced number two? Because that is, again, that's another kind of classic football thing. If the manager isn't doing very well without his number two, it's, oh, it was all the number two. That was the secret to his success. Where, where do you stand on that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's easy to chuck around, like you say, isn't it? Mm. Um, look, when he 
clearly it was a big blow to him and to Ipswich when Wigan gave Liam Richardson a a three-year contract or so to to go and manage them. There was a real expectation that he would be coming here to to join with Paul as he has everywhere that they've been together. And that, mm. and that didn't happen. Liam, Liam's wanted to go out on his own and, and, and why shouldn't he? He did a really good job at Wigan last year. Clearly we've seen this summer that they've had ambition. Um, and why wouldn't he want to to do that? So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that he, he didn't come to be number two down here once again with that opportunity there. It's really easy to say that, look, Cook's, Cook's nothing without his assistant, just as, just as we've had this conversation about Paul Lambert and and Culverhouse, haven't we? In in the mm. past, I can't tell you with uh, with certainty what Liam Richardson did for Paul Cook, um, what role he played in everything that he does. I know he was a very important piece of everything. Players really liked him, um, and there will be something missing from Paul Cook that he hasn't got his right hand man. With him, but I, I think it is maybe a bit too simplistic to simply just say he needs to get an experienced number two, um, mm. because you can't just chuck an experienced number two in and I hope it works. It has to be the right one, um, and it has to be someone that Paul Cook feels comfortable having as his number two. I would say he's brought in his coaching staff, um, which in itself doesn't have a lot of experience in it, does it? First coaching role for Gary Roberts, Francis Jeffers first at a senior level. Ian Craney um, has coached elsewhere, but is is now is now here. hasn't hasn't been a particularly senior figure, I don't think, at, at those previous clubs. So you could definitely argue that there's a lack of something there. Maybe is there enough? Are there enough people to challenge Paul Cook to push him to ask him the right questions to? Uh, to put their opinion across. I don't know. I, we don't, we're not up at the training ground. I'd love to be up at the training ground watching this every day to know exactly mm. what the, to know exactly what the vibe is, is there. Um, but I don't think you can just chuck in an experience number two and hope that the manager sort of something clicks with him. It, it, the, the harsh reality is Paul Cook's assistant manager is not available he couldn't mm. be here. Paul Cook has had the same assistant manager for a decade. Can't can't have him here. Can't be mm. here. So they just have to get on with it, in my mm. in my opinion. And whether that works out for the best or not, um, time time is going to tell. Mm. Peek behind the curtain time on Saturday post game. Uh, a, a fairly aggressive Sky reporter put that issue to Mister Cook. Um, said, "Is it the coaching?" And got very short shrift. Um, so certainly Mr. Cook does not believe that is the issue. Um, let's move on there, boys. Lincoln this weekend. The last thing you need after losing 5-2 at home is to go and play a team who've just won 5-1 away, um, harbouring uh, one of your former stars who will no doubt be champing at the bit to burn town all over the pitch this weekend in Teddy Bishop, of course. Mike Bacon, I'm putting you in Paul Cook's shoes. What do you do going to Lincoln? Um, well, I made a phone call to Wigan to see if Liam Richards definitely staying um, <laughs> first on my way up, um, but I'll assume he probably is. So, yeah. um, no, um, look, uh, Lincoln City, uh, the only thing I, you know, Lincoln City just fills me with, with you, know, you know, I go have a cold shiver every time I think of Lincoln City and that FA Cup match back in the day. Um, so uh, it's going to be a tough game, isn't it? I mean, but look... Th- the Ipswich Town side have got enough quality. We, we, we're not going there. We, we're going there with a hapless record right now, but we're not going there with this hapless set of players. I mean, this is the thing. 
This Ipswich Town squad is quite capable of turning it round and going to Lincoln and winning 5-1. I know that sounds bizarre, but mm. quite frankly, they are. You know, they have enough good players. If we had, if you look at that squad and you, you, and you don't think there's enough good players, then you go there with, well, we're just going to have to accept we're going to lose on Saturday. I don't accept we're going to, I don't accept we're going to lose any game with the squad we have. We shouldn't. I'm sure Paul Cook doesn't go there accepting it. He's probably relishing. He can't wait to get to the next game. There's no doubt. Cook can't wait. Don't think he's sitting there dreading the next game. He can't. He, he'd have another game tomorrow if he could, just to just to have another bloody game to get this win because he knows a win could kickstart so much. Yes, the league is strange though, isn't it? I mean, there's lots of strange results in all leagues, and League One's no different. Um, I mean, yeah, Lincoln won five one at Cambridge. Okay, fine. Bolt won five two. It's, it's, it seems obvious what's going to happen, but it's it's the it's the last thing that's likely to happen. Um, you ju- Ipswich just, just need to. Be- they just need to see something through, don't they, for God's sake? I mean, we should have beaten Cheltenham. We should have beaten Wimbledon. We should have beaten blah, blah, blah. We know all this. And one day it will click. So, yeah, but every game should be... I mean, I, I see some fans saying, oh, God, a bit dread and going to Lincoln. But and I understand that to a degree. Don't get me wrong. And their support, by the way, is still outstanding. Let me just say this again. Ipswich Town fans, so proud. They should be so proud of themselves, the way they're supporting this, you know, this very difficult period after a decade of difficult periods. Um so if I was Paul Cook, I'd go there full of confidence. He, he can look at his squad. I, I hope Edwards is back. Um, very much so. I don't know if he is, Andy. You might know more than I do. I can't add anything there, I'm afraid. Um, All right. I, 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 I also hope that he is. I hope he's back. And, and obviously, Selena's to come into the squad. Morsey's to come into the squad, not on Saturday, but in time. But Edwards, to me, is, is quite insignificant. But there's a Goodness me! You're going to have Piggott on the bench. You're going to have might have Nord on the bench. You're going to have could have Fraser on. The, you could have so many players on the bench. People to come in, Barry's the chaplain. I mean, it just you know, there are enough good players in this squad to get a result. And if Paul Cook will be can't walk, well, he can't wait to get to Lincoln on Saturday. He won't be dreading it. I can promise you, he won't be dreading it. After the uh, the five two on Saturday, Hutchie Paul Cook dangled Morsey. He's going to be ten times a player, um, and he's going to he's going to play on Tuesday. And then after Tuesday, he dangled Bersant Selina. He's going to be ready for Lincoln. So does does Selina come straight in? Where do you play him? We've talked about playing this troublesome number ten spot. What would you do? Uh, I I'd be surprised if he came straight in to start. Um, but I think they'll have it if he is cleared and available to play in this in this game um, mm. after the monitoring that needed to go on. So he is he is cleared to go. Um, I think he'll make. I think he'll be on the bench. Um, if I was to start him, looking at what's available, I probably would. I probably would put him in straight in at number ten, uh, assuming assuming Fraser's not not fit again. Mm. We, we, it's hard. It's hard for. It's hard to kind of get injury updates out of Paul Cook at the moment. He's not keen to give. We don't know what injury Kyle Edwards has. We don't know what injury Scott Fraser has or what their prognosis is, other than they they're not out for for months. Um, mm. If so, if Fraser was available, I'd play him at the ten and Selena wide. If I were to start him, if Fraser's not, um, I'd probably put Selena in at the ten. But what what I actually think will happen is we'll we'll see Selena. Selena on the bench and then come quickly into the starting lineup after after that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of other other spots on the pitch, Walton, I assume, goes back. Well, well, yeah, I think you're making ten changes again, aren't you? Because because of it, because of um, 
because of the team that was picked for Tuesday night. Mm. So yeah, I, I think you'd put Walton in goal. I'd have a back four. I think I think pretty clearly. I think Janoy Donassian will play in this game. Um, Vincent Young just doesn't look just doesn't look himself at the moment. I think we'll see Donassian. We'll see Edwards and Burgess. We'll see Colson. Uh, I think Lee Evans will play. Um, I think Tom Carroll will come in for Raheem Harper. Um, I think Harper maybe needs to to sit out. He's he's not looked he's not looked strong enough in in mm. the last couple of games, especially. So then, hopefully, with Fraser fit, I'd then probably have a, a three of Burns, Fraser, Sonny Aluko again behind Macaulay Bond. But if if Fraser isn't fit, I might be half tempted tempted to tweak the formation ever so slightly um, and maybe play Evans, Harper and Carroll. You could play one of them a bit more advanced, potentially, just to shore it up just a little bit because some of the other number 10 options, they just don't they just don't excite me. I've not seen anywhere near enough from, from Chaplin to to kind of feel like that this game is, is one that he needs to be playing at the number 10. Mm. Maybe you could drop Pickett in there. I'm not entirely convinced by that either. Um, so should... Edwards not be available, should Selena not be available to start, should Fraser not be available, I'd be tempted to maybe bulk out that midfield ever so slightly. Um, mm. We'll see. And if, if Janor Dashian does come in for, for KVY, which is certainly a possibility, does that is that then naturally going to mean that the, the full-backs aren't as kind of bombing forward as they have been so far? Because that's not really yeah. what Dashian does, is it? No, no, and it shouldn't, and you shouldn't force him to do it either because yeah. um, it, it isn't what he does. Uh, yeah, it would do on that side. Um, whether you then change your instructions to Coulson on the other, um, mm. I don't know. It, it's probably what I'd be doing. I think, yeah, you're probably right. Donatian might be kind of a natural, um, natural remedy in in a few ways on that mm. side. But I think I, I think he's almost certain to play this game. If certainly if it was me, I would be doing that. Mike, obviously one of the narr- the key narrative, I guess, other than, than Town's um, poor performance and lack of win so far going into this game, is Teddy Bishop, formerly of this parish, formerly the next big thing, um, now applying his trade at Lincoln. How much of effect do you think that will have on this game? Because no doubt, Teddy Bishop, he will want to put on a show against Town and, and show that they were wrong to let him go. Yeah, I mean, of course he will. I mean, he, it, it, well, I'd be, I feel very strange if he wasn't that bothered about the game on Saturday. He'll be very much looking forward to it. But look, mm. Teddy Bishop had to move, as far as I'm concerned, um, for his career. Not necessarily for, you know, Ipswich Town, he'd had long enough time to really, he needed a change. A, a change of scenery doesn't hurt players. It, you can get too much into a, you can be far too much into in a comfort zone. And I think Teddy was. He's a very, very naturally talented footballer. Um, and you never know how his career could go from now on. You know, so of course he'll be looking forward to it. There's nothing he'd love more. He'll score and win the winning goal and run by the touchline with his finger to his mouth and everything else. But and I don't think he would actually. That's not really Teddy Bishop, to be honest. But mm. no, look, of course he's going to be part of, uh, he's, he's going to want to do well. Of course he is. But it's not about Teddy Bishop, is it? I mean, for Ipswich fans, it's, it's you know, they'll give him a great welcome. It's a, it's about what Ipswich Town did. They're the ones who need, we, we're the ones who badly need a result here today. Um, yeah, of course Teddy will, will, would love to do well, but... As Andy said, you know, we, we, we've got to get a result, you know, sooner rather than later. And um, yeah, Bishop will, Bishop will look like to put it about. But I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to over worry about Teddy Bishop, to be honest. I, I hope he has a hope he has a good season and a good career ahead of him. But plays badly on Saturday, obviously. Yeah, he gets, um, he gets, one, of Andy, he gets one of Andy's three out of tens. I won't be too concerned. 
Yeah, hmm. Hutchie, I mean, Andy, obviously, we, it'd be very remiss of us not to uh, talk about one of the other key narratives going into this game, which is million-pound picks and, and how you're doing. <laughs> um, so just, just bring us up to speed. Obviously, Bolton was your last MPP game, um, EFL trophy. Sorry, Papa John's trophy doesn't count. So how did we do? Uh, and what's what are you going for this weekend? Mixed mixed bag. Uh, 15, 15 grand net loss was the uh, the outcome from the Bolton game. Had a hundred grand on Ipswich simply to win, um, and a hundred grand on there to be more than two and a half goals in the game. Which obviously the second half of that won, and that all added up to a, a net loss of, of fifteen thousand pounds, which is which is fine. Um, you take a flyer, you sometimes lose. So where um, are we in terms of your your pot at the moment? Um, so one. Uh, I've deleted what was on previously uh, because I've <laughs> I, I, because I've updated it to imp- include the current uh, the current bets. Um, okay. So I think I was on seven hundred and twenty five grand or something. Okay. So, so what? So j- just a cool quarter of a million pounds down. Yeah. So what what are you doing this weekend? What what bets are we are we putting on? Got three bets this weekend. Ooh, three. Good. Good. Yeah, adding up to sixty five thousand pounds in total. Okay. Uh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so. I've got a Wes Burns anytime goal scorer at eleven to two. Ten right. grand on that pays out sixty-five. Uh I've got a missed penalty from either side. Uh five thousand pounds on that pays thirty-seven and a half. And for a pure value bet, um Ipswich is odd. Ipswich Town will win a game of football eventually. And while the, <laughs> and while these odds keep getting longer and longer. For pure value purposes, can't ignore it. They're twenty. They're better than even money again. The twenty twenty. Sorry, they're nearly. They're better than two to one for this game. They're wow. 23, 23 to ten. So I put fifty thousand pounds on that, which would pay out one six five. Um, that's more a more a play in the odds rather than um, rather than a head a head bet essentially. While we're on the subject of betting, I did a piece yesterday. Ipswich Town started the season six to one joint favourites to win League One, along with Sunderland, who obviously are, are doing the business and are now down to two to one to win the league. Ipswich Town, however, have drifted spectacularly like a bit of wood on the Pacific Ocean. They're now twenty five to one to win League hmm. One. So Hutchie, are you are you tempted? I mean, no. really, not at all. Uh, well, I don't think they will. Um, maybe I could put. Maybe it. Let's go mad. I'm gonna. What are they? Twenty-five to one. Twenty-five to one, as it stands. I'm gonna square some things off here. I've got. I've the remaining balance is six hundred and fifty-seven thousand five hundred pounds. You're going so all I'm, in. Yeah, let's go all in at twenty-five. <laughs> to one. No, I'm gonna put seven and a half thousand pounds of that. Okay, playing the long uh, game. There. Yeah, why not? Let's take your twenty. I'll take your twenty-five to one. I'm gonna write. Just gonna write the date down here. Let's take yeah. it on six, the sixteenth. Of the ninth with Ipswich winless in twenty second place in the league. Seven and a half grand, twenty five to one, done. Ipswich Town to win League One. Mike Bacon, tell us what is going to happen this weekend. Our town, and for, for everything we've talked about today, and the reasons to be negative, of which there are clearly a few with, with no win yet, as you said, all it takes is one win. If they go to to Lincoln and, and scrape a one nil, get some momentum rolling with this squad. With this team, with this setup, and still the good feeling and the support, everyone behind the club, things could turn very, very quickly indeed. Um, so, what do you think is going to happen at Lincoln on Saturday? 
Well, firstly, I'm going to put £100 on that 25 to 1 and put it on expenses. Um, if, you can, if you sign off, Heathy, and I win. That's, that's fine, well, mate, yeah. Guys, all of, this, all of this is on expenses. That yes. I, oh, is it? Oh, is it anyway? Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise. If yeah. you do... Yeah, if you do that, Heathy, we can share. I'll share the, you know, we'll share between the three of us. Because obviously, Watto's not on this one or Roscoe, so it'll just be the three of us. Um, Now, as regards Lincoln on Saturday, uh, how do I think we'll get on? I think we'll probably draw. Um, My heart says, my my heart says we'll win. My head says we'll we'll probably draw. Um, But honestly, you can't. It's very difficult to read um, this Ipswich Town side because, you know, three point. What we got? Three points. You know. Four points. I can't remember we got now. Three, no, it's three points. It's three. Yeah, yeah. it's three. Could have could have been ten, and all the rest of it. And I know. So, I'll be interested to see if Selena plays. I think Selena is going to make a difference. Stuart Watson described his performances in training on Monday as a joke. That's what he said. Yep. He's, a, he's a joke. And I said, I don't think that's very nice because you know, <laughs> taking the mick out of him like that. But he said, no, he meant joke, as in he's been in outstanding form. Selena could make a difference. And yeah. it, they have got to win sometime. It's going to happen sometime. And so, wouldn't it be would it be ironic to win at a club where we've all got such? I mean, I know we won in the cup there a while ago, but overall, our memories of Lincoln are fairly turgid. Yeah, Tur- turgid, turgid. There's a word. Um, Good word, turgid. Yeah, so, wouldn't it be a great, great, a great way to start our league one? I think once we get, we'll be, we'll be like um, a snowball rolling down a hill. Once we start, we'll pick up, and it won't stop. And we'll win the league one twenty five to one. So just jumping off the fence there, Mike. You said draw and win there. So what, can Did I put you down to one yet? <laughs> I said a draw and a win. Yeah, well, we could lose as well. Um, no, I think. <laughs> we will, um, well, I said what my heart and my head. I, I think we'll draw one one. One one. Um, Hutchie, what are you saying? Is this is yeah. this finally the time? I thought it was last weekend. I was wrong, as I so often am. Is this the time for Town to get a win? No, I'm going to say I'm going to say a draw as well. Um, yeah, first San Salinas fourteen to one to score the last goal in this game. Just Here we saying. go. Look Just at saying. him, brilliant. He's a changed man. He's this this feature, yeah. this feature <laughs> has turned him into a degenerate gambler. Now he's putting like three or four bets on every week. Oh, look at those odds! Bang a bit on that. Um, so you're saying what one one as well? Or yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm afraid. Is is would a draw at Lincoln be a bad result given they've just. One five one and town of of obviously not won yet this season. Would, would we be happy with that? It wouldn't be a disaster. I don't think it changes. It's about, it would depend on the performance, I guess, for um, how that narrative changes and and how yeah. we feel about Ipswich coming out of it. A, a draw certainly isn't a disaster. We're not in we're not in must win territory, but a draw would mean that gap to the to the top two gets even bigger. So you're talking about Sunderland being the favourites to win the league now that what are they 12 points clear of it Ipswich. If Sunderland pick up a win at the weekend that gap can become 14 and it, the job is getting harder. Let's we can't mm. get away from that. The job is getting harder and harder. Um but all things considered a draw a good performance and a and a decent draw wouldn't be a disaster I wouldn't say. But um mm. yeah, they 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 need to win a game of football soon. Mm. I, I think it would, it would be it would be a disaster. It would be a disaster if we were one nil up in the ninety fifth minute, and a back pass from um, Danassian is about to be collected by Walton, who decides to stand on his head rather than <laughs> kick it and let it go underneath him and then jump up in the air or something like that. That would be a disaster. Well, yeah, that, this is it, isn't it? It's all about how it 
all about how these things happen. If it, yeah, it, yeah, it's um, this is <laughs> the position they're in now. Last minute, thirty-yard volley from Evans in the top corner, and we'll be celebrating joyously. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's probably going to be a draw. You'd have to say there's going to be goals in this game. Looking at what Town have done so far this season, what Lincoln did last weekend, which probably means it's going to be a nil-nil. But I'm going to say two-two, and I, you know, I wouldn't be mad at that. A, a draw to to stop the bleeding, and then and then look to get those that first win under your belt. Um, further down the line, boys, have you got anything else to mention? Any other business before I do the uh, the big wrap-up outro? No other business. No other business for me. Any other wall-based um, anecdotes, Mr. Bacon? Well, not really. I've just um, I've just seen the the the, the, um, the 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 Royal Mail van has just called outside my house and knocked on my door. So I don't know what he wanted. Probably delivery cement or something. So um, I've probably got eight packs of cement outside my front door as I now go out there because the, the build obviously has not taken heed of what I said that I'm not happy with the price and yeah. has gone ahead and ordered the the bloody cement anyway. So I'm probably going to go out now and have to have an argument with the Royal Mail van. Surely that's fan. It's fan mail, isn't it? I do, get a lot, I, do, I do get a lot of fan mail. You, yes, yeah, I know. I know. Thank you. <laughs> All right, then, friends. I've enjoyed that today. It's been just over an hour of excellent town chat. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. It's been good speaking to you this week. Um, all that leaves me to say then is follow us across all our social medias, Instagram, uh, Kings of Bangor on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Always pushing that YouTube with the, the video stuff we're doing. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us with the visibility in the iTunes chart, which is tremendous. And also remember, please, to support our sponsors. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com. I finally got myself a weed whacker, Hutchie, and it's a tremendous thing. Um, so I'd highly recommend that if you're not really into shaving the old intimate area, get yourself a weed whacker and clear up the nose and ear hair. It's tremendous. Um, that's code KOA for 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. And also remember, today is opening night, as it were, for Never Lost at Home. The new Rawlsy Theatre, the, the play about the uh, UEFA Cup victory back in 1981. Go back and listen to the special podcast that we did, if you haven't already, because that was good fun. Uh, and get your tickets through the new Rawlsy website. Right then, that's us done for another week. Fingers crossed, Ipswich Town do it this weekend. We'll be back, whatever happens next week, to break it down. Go and stick all your money, 25 to on Ipswich Town to win League One. Have a great weekend, and we'll speak to you again next week. From true crime to football, Brexit to Pokeball. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
information at audiobeam.com slash channel slash archive.